Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Becknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, the Manitoba Heritage Trust program launched last month, and we're continuing our discussions on its impact. We'll be joined by Susan Hagemeister of the Winnipeg Foundation to tell us why the Heritage Trust program is important and what long-term benefit that museums and archives will receive from participating. We'll also speak with Peter Canton. He's the executive director of the Canadian Fossil Discovery Centre about their incredible facility in Morden, Manitoba. He's going to tell us about their upcoming programming and the connection to the Manitoba Heritage Trust program as well. Then we'll talk to Daryl Hollick, chairman of the Minidosa District Museum and Heritage Village Corporation, about the importance of preserving our history as Manitobans and the value of maintaining museums and heritage buildings here in our province. And last but not least, we've had hundreds of our city's youth getting together in celebration of the Winnipeg Foundation's Youth in Philanthropy program. We had our very own Carolina Stetcher attend the celebration last week, and she spoke with grant recipient Leslie Spillett from Gani Ganichik about the program and about the celebration as well. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to RC360, Nolan Bicknell coming at you, Robert Zirk, also coming at you. How are you today, Rob? I'm doing well, thanks, Nolan. How are you doing? Life is good. Jets are in the playoffs. Yep. Sun is shining. Yep. It's 2-1 in what the series right need? now. It's coming back to Winnipeg. No matter what, we will get another game here in the city. It's kind of cool to see everyone, you know, whipping around downtown, wearing their white jerseys, white pants, people dressing up in white costumes. It's very... Uh, I feel the positive vibes. It's cool. Um it's, I mean, it's historic, really. The the Jets have never made it this far in the playoffs, and it's just really cool to be a part of this epic and historic experience. It's nice when the entire nation is uh, rallying We're behind Canada's you team. as well. We are yeah. Canada's team, and it's a, it's a good feeling to have, and welcome everyone across Canada. Hop on the bandwagon. There's lots of room for every good old Canadian kid for uh, paying attention to uh, the NHL playoffs. It's really exciting. What do we have on today's show? There's kind of a lot to get to. I know it's it was Manitoba's 148th birthday on Saturday, this most recent Saturday. So we're going to take today's episode as a as an opportunity to celebrate Manitoba. We're going to go to a couple of smaller towns, Minidosa and Morden. We're going to talk to a couple of wonderful organizations doing some cool work uh, when it comes to museums and archives and fossils. Uh, if you've ever been to the uh, the uh, Canadian uh, Fossil Discovery Center up in up in Morden, Manitoba. Uh, we're going to hear from their executive director. We're going to talk to uh, a gentleman from the Minidosa District Museum and Heritage Village Corp. And we're just going to talk about uh, the Manitoba Heritage Trust Program because it's kind of a unprecedented uh, program and partnership with the uh, province that the Winnipeg Foundation is going through. So a lot to get to. Yeah, really cool way to celebrate uh, Manitoba. And a fact that we've mentioned on the show many times before, Manitoba has... 55 community foundations, which is about a quarter of the community foundations in the country, which is a, a pretty uh, pretty compared remarkable to, feat. Yeah, compared to 3% of the population and 25% of the community foundations, it just proves that, you know, we are the most generous in the nation and continue to be year after year. 
So there's lots to celebrate, there's lots to talk about, but we always kick things off with a song. So what have we got today, Robert? Well, I think one song that's uh, that's got a title that can relate to, uh, you know, the good feelings that uh, that everyone here in Winnipeg is feeling right now with the Jets doing pretty well in the playoffs. How about let's uh, start things off with Happy Days by Pratt & McLean right here on River City 360. Happy Days. Sunshine, goodbye rain She's wearing my school ring on a chain She's my steady, I'm her man I'm gonna love her all I can back to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with you today. And uh, we're now joined in studio by Susan Hagemeister. She's the Director of Finance at the Winnipeg Foundation. Susan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nolan. It's my pleasure. Last week, we spoke with Laura Kempthorne. She's the Executive Director of the Brandon and Area Community Foundation. And we were actually in Brandon along with you, Susan, and other members of the Winnipeg Foundation to deliver uh, a workshop on the new Heritage Trust Program that's uh, in partnership with the province and in in the Association of Manitoba Museums and as well the Association for Manitoba Archives. So I guess before we get into our conversation, just tell me a little bit about the details of this Manitoba Heritage Trust program. Yes, thank you, Nolan. Well, we're very excited uh, to have this program and be involved uh, administering this three-year program. The Manitoba Heritage Trust program uh, was initiated by the government of Manitoba, who are committed to be supporting our over 200 museums and archives in the province of Manitoba. 
The beauty of this program is going to run for three years to grow endowment funds, which in turn will be supporting these 200 organizations, plus working with our other 54 Manitoba community foundations. So 54 CFs, 200 archives and museums. How how has it been trying to coordinate and organize all of these different entities in under one umbrella like for this program? Well, this is it. It is a lot to learn because many organizations aren't aware of their local community foundation. Mm-hmm. And we for sure had no idea just where these community, um, archives and museums are located throughout our province. And it's remarkable the number of organizations that we do have in our local communities preserving our history, which is so important. The province of Manitoba has committed $5 million in matching on a two-to-one basis. Okay. And the goal is is for the 200 organizations to raise $10 million. In total. In total. And so that does sound like a lot, but the reality is organizations just have to raise $50,000 over a three-year period, and everyone's guaranteed a $25,000 two-to-one match to start now a $75,000 endowment fund that will support their organization forever. Yeah, that's very cool because I think um, a lot of these organizations are probably one or two staff and having this endowment fund that constantly guarantees that they're going to have a little bit of support every single year as opposed to having to don't or find donations, do fundraising every single year is probably going to be a pretty big benefit. Well, it'll be a huge benefit and, and, and many of these organizations don't even have one or two staff. Many are run totally by volunteers and are and have to fundraise each year to keep the doors open. Right. And the value of the endowment fund will support, as you said, the operations of this or of these organizations for um, into perpetuity, yeah, which forever. is a very long time. And it's a wonderful match because our history last forever and so now they'll have an endowment fund that will last forever preserving these collections so what is the connection to community foundations do do cfs typically work with museums and archives or like what's are you just hoping to get them all under the same umbrella right so many of our organizations do work with their local museums and archives the winnipeg foundation we most definitely have a number of our museums uh, ha- creating endowment funds at the Winnipeg Foundation. So this is a partnership where um, to burden uh, other organizations to create endowment funds uh, really can be taxing because mm-hmm. their role is to preserve right. our historical pre- yeah. uh, artifacts. And so working with community foundations, this is what we do every day is by creating endowment funds and supporting in partnership uh, our local agencies such as museums and archives. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of the relationship is the community foundation knows how to create endowment funds, knows how to invest those monies and, and operate and administer endowment funds. And then the heritage organization gets all the benefit of the endowment fund without the burden of actually administering that another activity. It sounds like a good partnership, win-win for both sides of the of the coin obviously. What you you're talking about endowment funds. So what is what's the benefit of an endowment fund versus immediately spending the the gifts that you receive? Well, it, there's a lot of benefits, but it is a, a, a tug and pull between raising money for day-to-day operations and raising money for an endowment fund. Mm-hmm. 
But the, the concept with the endowment fund, it's like a capital campaign. You raise the money. It's good to con- have ongoing contributions into that endowment fund. But the reality is, is once the endowment fund is, is firmly established, it is going to start generating revenue year after year that you do not have to then seek other operating monies to help cover additional costs. This endowment fund can be used at the discretion of the organization to cover their operating costs, to cover special projects, maybe to cover the cost of hiring a summer student. Mm -hmm. A whole raft of different purposes can be used uh, from the revenue of the endowment fund. So the endowment fund lasts forever. And then it's there. It's something that the organization can rely on uh, year over year. And for these organizations that have been around for potentially hundreds of years and want to be around for potentially hundreds more years, this is the, a perfect way to go about it. It is a perfect match because historical uh, artifacts and collections are very valuable mm-hmm. and we have to preserve our history. It's very important to know where you came from. <laughs> and endowment funds is a wonderful match to preserve those historical collections. Absolutely. So if someone out there is listening right now and they're either on a board or they are from a small town that may, might have a museum or an archive or, or somewhere out in Manitoba, where can they find more information about this Heritage Trust program? Yes, that's up. so the information is now being posted on Endowed Manitoba website, and I know you'll provide those details later. We've got it, endowmanitoba.ca. Thank you. <laughs> no so in Down Manitoba, there is four tabs across the top, and you'll see the fourth tab called the Manitoba Heritage Trust Program. And if you click and go into that site, you'll start seeing information, including an application form uh, to submit to the Winnipeg Foundation to get you started in Very the program. Very cool. So endowmanitoba.ca for more information about the uh, Manitoba Heritage Trust Program or As always, you can call the Winnipeg Foundation at 204-944-9474, and someone will be happy to walk you through the process. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for telling us about this program and and for just giving us a little bit of insight into this upcoming program. I understand, are you going to Dauphin in the the next year to give another workshop? That's right. We've we've had a couple of workshops already, the one in Brandon. We had one in April in Winnipeg. We will be in Dauphin on October the 19th. Uh, to host another workshop because we know not everyone can make it down south. Mm -hmm. And we hope as many heritage organizations and community foundations can attend that workshop. And we will continually be updating information on the Endow Manitoba website. So please continually checking in there. And, And as you said, you can always give us a call. And we do have a 1-800 number. The number is one 877 974-3631. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Susan Hagemeister from the Winnipeg Foundation. Appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Nolan, and good luck to all our heritage organizations in growing endowment funds. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next, our conversation with Peter Cantillon, the Executive Director of the Canadian Fossil Discovery Centre in Morden, Manitoba. They have the largest collection of marine fossils in all of Canada, and Peter will tell us all about some of the upcoming programs that they have going on this summer. Before we get to that, though, here is the In Crowd by the Ramsey Lewis Trio, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell. I'm on location in Brandon, Manitoba at the Manitoba Heritage Trust Trust Program Workshop, and I'm speaking with Peter Cantillon. He's the Executive Director of the Canadian Fossil Discovery Centre. Peter, how are you doing? Great, great. Really enjoyed today's session. Good. So you actually gave a little speech and sort of told your story about starting an endowment fund uh, for your centre. What sparked that initially? Well, we've been looking for uh, new ways to grow funding uh, for our organization. One of the things uh, small to medium-sized museums struggle with, well, even the larger ones, is uh, having too much of their funding come from one source. In our instance, it's, it's, uh, our, it's government. And so we wanted to diversify funding, and this was an opportunity to invest in a safe fashion uh, and start growing an alternative revenue stream. For sure. So tell, well, bef- let's get into that in a second, but tell me a little bit about the Canadian Fossil Discovery Centre, what's sort of on the horizon for you guys, and what's been some big successes in the past couple of years? Uh, we all, we are the we have the largest uh, collection of uh, marine reptile fossils in Canada. Uh, we have the largest mosasaur on public display anywhere in the world. Bruce is 43 feet long, or just over 13 meters, and he has a Guinness World Record. Uh, and in the last few years, we've really been able to grow our visibility and our uh, attendance has has more than doubled in the last three years. Uh, and so we're really starting to look towards the future and how we can further grow the facility and possibly even a new facility. I saw Bruce on the website there, pretty spectacular specimen. Um, what's, it like, what's it like when you see kids coming in and, and just probably mouths agape at how in awe they are at some of the fossils that you guys have there? It's, it's pretty amazing. Kids have this uh, have moments. I mean, we all have these moments in our lives, usually as kids, where we have these unforgettable experiences. We know, and, and so Bruce is one of those for kids. The museum is one of those, and we offer dig tours. And so when families bring their kids on a dig tour, the nice thing about that is they know it's, it's educational, and they're never going to forget it because it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime type things. For sure. Um, tell me a little bit about the gala that you launched as well in support of the uh, endowment fund that you started. For sure. We needed to do something uh, significant uh, in order to continue to grow our uh, fund. We, we had already dedicated uh, any incoming donations to the fund, but we, we, we knew it needed a thing of its own. And so, uh, hence the gala came about as a partnership with the Mordinaria Foundation. And again, what's nice about that is that we could leverage their resources along with our own to establish this gala uh, and uh, attract a growing audience of people who are passionate about the museum or passionate about the Mordinaria Foundation. And so we kind of had a double audience to work with. And, uh, and so now it's into its third year and it's just done phenomenally well. It's grown our, init- our fund from an initial $500 sink, uh, donation uh, to over $31,000, not including just this last gala that we had. Incredible. When you see all these stats about um, 55 community foundations in Manitoba, Manitoba is the most generous uh, province in the country. What's it like sort of operating um, your, your business and your organization in, in this atmosphere? 
Well, it's exciting and it's daunting at the same time. But because we're such a donor-oriented and giving-oriented uh, population, it means there are a lot of worthy causes out there. And so, um, and so, it, what it but it does good things for us. It forces us to better understand our value proposition and how to better communicate it to the public. It also helps us to understand that as a community of museums, uh, that saying a rising tide lifts all ships is true, uh, is, is super true for us because uh, we don't, we're not competitive in the way that other businesses are. We like to support one another. Another museum's success and fundraising is still ours and so uh, it's been a really good experience. For sure. So if people want to find out more information or if they're coming through the Morden area, how do they find you and what, what can, where can they learn more? For sure. They can go to discoverfossils.com. That's our website. Or they can call 204-822-3406. They can email info, I-N-F-O, at discoverfossils.com. Tons of information available to them. Very cool. So if you want to see Bruce, discoverfossils.com for more information. Uh, Peter Cantillon, thank you very much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next, we'll have another conversation from last week's Heritage Trust Program workshop out in Brandon, Manitoba. Daryl Hollick is the chairman of the Minidosa District Museum and Heritage Village Corporation, and we'll learn all about their organization and the importance that the Manitoba Heritage Trust Program will have to the longevity of their museum. Before we get to that, though, here is Mama Cass Elliot with Make Your Own Kind of Music, right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. That was Mama Cass Elliott with Make Your Own Kind of Music. Nolan and Robert are here with you today on RC360. And up next is my conversation with Mr. Dare Hollick. He's the chairman of the Mendoza District Museum and Heritage Village Corp. And I spoke with Mr. Hollick at last week's Manitoba Heritage Trust Program Workshop out in Brandon, Manitoba. The Winnipeg Foundation put this on just to kind of help people walk through the process of this new uh, partnership with the province. And I spoke to uh, uh, Mr. Daryl Hollick about the this new opportunity uh, to partner with the province and with his local community foundation as well. So today we are at the Manitoba Heritage Trust Program Workshop. Uh, what did you gain from today's uh, experience? A lot of valuable information about uh, you know this new new trust fund for heritage organizations and certainly important for uh, our future and Know, look forward to, to starting a fund and building building it for our future. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about the Minidosa Museum in Heritage Village. What, what are you specialized in? What are some of the special uh, attractions that you have there? Okay, well, our museum, it uh, dates back to 1963, and uh, it moved to the current site and became a Heritage Village in 1995. Uh, since that time, we've moved in nine buildings and restored them, and uh, our, our showcase piece is a... Uh, the Minidosa Egg Society Octagon Display Building, and uh, we moved it in about, I think, 2003, 2004. It was uh, in a dilapidated state, was going to be lost. We saved it, and it was a $100,000 restoration project, and now it's a, uh, the gem of not only our museum, but our community. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a provincially designated heritage site, and... Uh, certainly our showcase building. So why is it important to preserve our stories and our history as Manitobans? Um, put me on the spot there with that one. <laughs> um, it's important to, uh, you know, to preserve it for future generations for, uh, you know, people are losing touch with how things used to be. Uh, we're seeing this all the time with school tours. Um, even, I mean, we've had kids come through our museum and they see a rotary telephone from the 1980s and they think, oh my God, that is so old, that's an antique. And, you know, so it, or we had a kid also come through our one-room schoolhouse and was asking the question what the thing on the wall was and we couldn't figure it out and it ended up being the blackboard because, of course, now he's used to the, the smart board in school. He had no idea what a chalkboard was, how to use it. So, you know, just things like that have really kind of opened our eyes that, you know, some of this stuff that we kind of take for granted, the younger generation doesn't know what, what it is. So it's important for museums to showcase this and teach and educate the, the next generations of, of our past. So how do you make that, how do you bridge that divide from generation to generation? What, what tools are you guys using to try to keep them engaged when it comes to, you know, the past? Uh, we promote our village for uh, school tours a lot and we always have a lot of school tours come through and when they come to visit us we do uh, about 10 minutes in each of our buildings and we try to do uh, some sort of a hands-on presentation in each building um, you know just to give them an idea and let them feel stuff and see how it you know experience how how things would have been done back in the pioneer days so uh, yeah it's and you know that that's a lot better than just walking through and, you know, don't touch anything and it, 
yeah. Yeah. Some memories for them. A real hands-on experience is much better than a website or a book or anything could possibly be. That's right, exactly. So where can people find out more information about the Manitoba or Minnesota, Minnedosa Museum and Heritage Village? Uh, well, we don't. Uh, we're... Uh, we, we have a page on the uh, Association of Manitoba Museums website. Uh, we also have a page on Discover Minidosa, our community website. Uh, we don't have our own website just yet, but uh, and we you know we have our brochures and information and tourist guides and. Uh, yeah. Are there any uh, upcoming uh, exhibits or anything that are going to be coming through? Uh, we don't really have any. Uh, exhibits on board right now but uh, we do have a annual heritage day that'll be august 19th this year and we have kind of open up the village and have uh, live demonstrations again and uh, working towards adding maybe a general store to our museum and also a uh, some sort of a railway presence whether it's a railway station or we're working with local uh, historical rail railway association on that so well lots lots to look forward to thank you very much for your time today thank you very much Thanks, Nolan. Up next, we've got our continued coverage from the Youth in Philanthropy annual celebration that happened last week. Our very own Carolina Stetcher was in attendance and was able to speak with one of the grant recipients from Gani Ganichik about the importance of the philanthropic support that youth provide here in our city. Before we get to that, though, it's springtime, and here's Rockin' Robin by Bobby Day right here on River City 360. singing his song all the little birds on a jaybird street look to where the robin go tweet 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 rock and robin tweet rock 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 and robin tweet 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 go rock and robin cause you're really gonna rock tonight tweet i say every little swallow every tickle dee every little bird in the tall oak tree the wise old law the big black crow flop and wing singing go bird go rock and robin Tonight, 
Carolina Stetcher, and I'm here with Leslie Spillett from Ghani Ganichik. Welcome to the show, Leslie. How did you first learn about the YIP program? Well, I think we first found out about it when we were approached uh, as an organization uh, that wanted to uh, bring a group of youth to check out things that we were doing. So we had hosted a, a group to share you know, some of the, our successes, some of our challenges, and to um, just to kind of give them a sense of uh, our organization and the impact it has in the city. And is that what inspired you to get involved? Well, you know, I'm always inspired by youth work because I know that youth, if they have a really strong foundation, will build character and characteristics in them that they will, as adults, be the ones that will take on the roles and responsibilities of doing this work and keeping it alive forward. And I think that's what YIP is all about, is leadership and uh, and uh, challenging youth, mentoring youth, supporting youth, encouraging youth to be those uh, leaders in the future, or actually leaders today, not just the future, but they'll they'll take on more of a role in the future. So you are one of the uh, YIP grant recipients this year, and so what does it mean to you and to the organization to have this type of support from our youth? To me, it felt uh, so... Uh, good in my heart that another group of Indigenous uh, youth from Mamuichita were the ones that actually gave the grant to our heart medicine program. And heart medicine program is a it's a very small program but it does an, an enormous uh, job in the community and the job is to support women who've experienced sexual violence. So we create a space, a safe space where they, they can gather together and um, you know, share and I think move from that place where they may still feel like victims, but into survivors. And so I think that it's um, that the, the importance of this work can't be underestimated because it's uh, it it has such an amazing impact. What did you want the Yippers to learn about? Uh, your organization when they do their site visits that's certainly part of the uh, responsibility as the Yipper is to is to go to the organization they're supporting so what did you want them to learn in particular? I think at being an indigenous organization I think it's a value in um, creating relationships and creating relationships with people that may not have a lot of um, experience uh, in terms of um, knowing uh, uh, Indigenous people and working with Indigenous people and seeing what Indigenous people are doing uh, our, ourselves in terms of you know, um, supporting the community. And so to me that's kind of the part of that reconciliation work that needs to be done is to um, create those opportunities to reduce the gaps and to reduce the barriers that exist and to, um, yeah, it's all about relationship building. What kind of feedback did they give you when they went to visit? I think, you know, some of the things that I can remember, and although it's been a while ago, is that um, I think they start kind of being a little bit shy, a little bit. And then as we talk and as, as we move forward, they kind of start 
becoming more animated and I think they get excited by by the work and that kind of comes through so they they want to know about what our challenges are they want to know about you know what our impacts are they want to know about um, the importance of the work of doing taking on these leadership roles and what it means to our organization and uh, yeah so it's a it's a, a good dialogue around um, around what they do and knowing why they're engaged in this work and also uh, how they can make a, a difference in the community even though that you know in terms of youth they don't have a lot of um, a lot of um, you know power in the in the bigger scheme of things that they are empowered to do this I love that about yep that's great thanks for taking the time to speak with us tonight Leslie uh, Leslie Spillett once again from Gani Ganichek. Gani Ganichek. And that's a Cree word. It means those who lead. Because we, we want to be seen as leaders of our own people. And so it's a kind of, uh, it, it talks about our vision of where we want to be in, in our community and the, and the role we want to play here. Beautiful. Thank you, Leslie, once again. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Carolina, for that wonderful interview. Coming up next... We've got everything you need to know about what to do in Winnipeg in the next few weeks with our recurring segment called This Week in Winnipeg. So if you want to know what's happening in our great city, stay tuned for that. We, we will tell you exactly where you need to go and what you need to see. Before we get to that, uh, here's Lena Horn with Meditation right here on RC360.
Love is just around the corner, any cozy little corner. Love is just around the corner, I'm around you. I'm a sentimental mourner, and I couldn't be forlorner. Love is just around the corner, I'm around you. Venus de Milo was noted for her charms. Strictly between us, you're cuter than Venus, and what's more, you got a arms. Let's cuddle in the corner, any cozy little corner. Love is just around the corner when I'm around you. You're cuter than Venus, and what's more, you got all arms. Let's cuddle in a corner, any cozy little corner. Love is just around the corner. When I'm around, 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 when I'm around. Shop, pop, but that, but I'll do better than that. Pop, but that, shut up, pop, but I'll leave on the dot. Hot, that, but I'll better be done. Ball, you're that, ball, you're Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you today. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, well, you're in luck. It's time for our community calendar segment we call This Week in Winnipeg. The Manitoba Seniors Music Festival wraps up tonight, May 17th, with a celebration of music for people of all ages, featuring the Falconer Brass Quintet, the Winnipeg Golden Chordsman Chorus, and the Westwood Community Band. It takes place at 7 p.m. at Sturgeon Creek United Church at 207 Thompson Drive, and tickets are $12. To learn more, you can visit the Manitoba Seniors Music Festival on Facebook. 
The Manitowabi Festival is on now from May 16th to May 20th. Now in its 13th year, Manitowabi celebrates and shares Indigenous cultures and heritage with an international audience. The CBC Music Indigenous Music Awards take place Friday, May 18th at Club Regent Event Center as part of the festival. And over the weekend at the RBC Convention Center, there's also the International Powwow, the Indigenous Marketplace and Trade Show, a square dance exhibition and jigging competition, as well as the Art Challenge, where artists create a painting in front of a live audience. There's a lot more to see, so Manitowabi is on now until Sunday, and to learn more about the event, you can visit manitowabi.com. And this Saturday, May 19th, Inspire Community Outreach is hosting the Family Mental Wellness Festival at the Forks. It's taking place from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and features a mental health resource fair celebrating the work of mental health organizations in our city, along with a variety of family activities, entertainment, food trucks, a market, and much more. The event is free and is also raising money toward mental health initiatives here in Winnipeg. Again, that's the Family Mental Wellness Festival, and it's taking place Saturday, May 19th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Forks. And of course, if you have a community event that you'd like to hear highlighted on River City 360, we would love to hear from you. You can send the event details to us via email. We are at rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org. Or you can give us a call on our listener line 24-7 with the event details and leave us a message. The number to call is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Thanks, Robert. We've got time for some more music on RC360 before we say goodbye today. So here's Bobby V with Rubber Ball right here on RC360. Rubber Ball, I come bouncing back to you. Rubber Ball, I come bouncing back to you. I'm like a rubber ball, baby. That's all that I am to you. Just a rubber ball, cause you think you can be true to two. You bounce my heart around. Be like a rubber ball, I can bounce back to you. Rubber ball, I can bounce back to you. If you stretch my love till it's thin enough to tear. Band when I'm a shoulder, you do have just a rubber band because my heart strings they just snap. You go and squeeze me till I'm all the floor. 
that was Bobby V with Rubber Ball. You are listening to River City 360 with Robert Zirk and with Nolan Bicknell. We've got time for one more song, Rob. What do you uh, feel like playing? Well, let's, uh, you know, in keeping with uh, the, the sort of theme? loose spring theme that we have going on, we played Rock and Robin earlier today. So uh, staying with the birds, Petula Clark with Gonna Find Me a Bluebird right here on River City 360. <laughs> Gonna find me a bluebird Let him sing me a song Cause my heart's been broken Much too long Gonna chase me a rainbow Through a heaven of blue Cause I'm all through crying Over you time my love was needed my life completed my dreams come true then came the time my life was haunted my love unwanted all for you Completed my dreams come true. Then came the time my life was haunted, my love unwanted. All for you. Gonna find me a bluebird, let him sing me a song. Cause my heart's been broken. I'm all through crying over you. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us as well. If you'd like to hear any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we always love to hear your feedback about the show. If there's anything you'd like to comment on about what you heard on today's show, please give us a call. We would love to hear from you on our 24-7 listener line. 
The number to call is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. Again, the number to call, 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook as well by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter. And search in the little box on the top of Facebook by typing in RiverCity360 there as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.